Craft Beer Radio, episode 122, September 7th, 2008. 2008. Eight. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer. Craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss, and over here is Jeff Bear. This week we're doing a show that's uh, this was do- sponsored by IamBeerWise.com. Brian Parker from IamBeerWise.com, which is a blog from over in the Philly area, sent us a pile of Philadelphia area beers. Just in a pile. It was it was, it was ridiculous because it was just like in a pile, but none of them managed to be broken. It's crazy yeah. how that happened. Okay, so. I think we got a lager here, so it's probably lighter, right? So this is a Philadelphia Brewing Company, a Kenzinger beer. So this is the uh, Philadelphia Brewing Company's Kenzinger, which is on here as a Kolsch. It is a 4.5% alcohol by volume. So your Kolsches, you're generally going to, you know, it's a lager beer with sort of a, a fruity, kind of vinous quality to it. It's an ale. It's lagered. It's an eldest lager. I'm sorry. That's accurate way to say it. Uh, it's, and so it's stored in cold condition, but it is actually brewed with ale yeast. And we like Kolsch's. They're becoming more and more popular. from Köln, Germany is where it originates from. That's why they're called Kolsch's. They become more and more popular uh, in the U.S. because they are light, lagerish type beers with significant amounts of flavor to them and relatively sessionable at 4.5. It's kind of pushing it, but... One of the main characteristics you'll get out of a Kolsch is this vinous, this green grape, grape skin type aroma and flavor. And in the aroma on this beer, I am getting some of the grapes. I'm also getting some, some hops, fruity hops. Yeah, yeah, like almost like um, apricotty type hops. Not really citrusy, but it seems more apricot to me. Somewhere in in the high alpha, it, it smells like that could be just hitting with the with the green. Now the Kolsch color is going to be. This is actually kind of... I expect more culture to be uh, clearer. This is kind of cloudy. I don't think I poured it gently enough. Oh, okay. Uh, but your color is this kind of... It's actually... It's darker than most Kolsch's, I, I remember. Because it's really... This is more of an orangey peach sort of color. Whereas most yeah. Kolsch's are going to be more on the yellowish side. Okay, so the sip, first sip I had on this one... Uh, lots and lots of carbonation. So my mouthfeel was immediately filled with all kinds of zingy carbonation. And then I got this pretty bitter taste. And then while Greg was describing the color, I'm waiting for Greg, wait for it, wait for it. Maybe right about now you get this fruit, like this um, nectarine or something like that. It's from the hops. Mm-hmm. It's definitely from the hops. But the fruit kind of is, is dormant, dormant, dormant. And yeah, yeah. It, it, and, and it also has a little mountain to it. Mm-hmm. It comes up and then it goes, it goes down. Uh, the the bitterness really kind of cuts out on a lot of that vinous quality that you want from a Kolsch, right? I mean, because yeah. you're you're looking for that the the part of it that gives you that somewhat grapey thing, and that's what you really enjoy about a Kolsch. It's why you enjoy Kolsch's is as opposed to simply uh, a pilsner or something um, or some sort of hoppy ale. This is a pretty hoppy lagered ale mm-hmm. that calls itself a Kolsch. I don't know if I would consider it 
uh, a Kolsch if I was, say, judging it. If, if I was tasting this blind, it certainly wouldn't come up as a Kolsch to me. Although, th- it, that'd be, admittedly, that'd be a hard one to pick out. Yeah. Took another sip. It's not just bitter. There's a lot of hop flavor in this one. It, it tastes bits uh, pineapple-y, actually. Like, the, the, like, really close to the skin of the pineapple. Mm-hmm. You know, not not the good juicy meat, but towards the end where it's getting a little <laughs> more rough. That's what it tastes like. I, I think it's a, that's an apt description, and I, I agree with you there. A golden session ale that boasts both European birthright and a thirst-quenching Philadelphia sensibility. Kinzinger is refreshingly crisp and smooth, with a spirited flavor that grabs the attention of taste buds everywhere. Get some! It's exactly what they have on the website. They don't actually define it as a Kolsch. Okay. Uh, on the website, so that may be just sort of someone a beer advocate trying to nail it into uh, a relative. Right. So, so maybe the brewers hadn't intended on brewing a Kolsch, so we shouldn't knock them for this not tasting like a Kolsch. Right. Right. Because I don't see anything on their website that says this is a, a Kolsch in the cold style. This is European birthright. Mm-hmm. That's the closest they come to it. They probably use the Kolsch yeast. Right? It's probably right. cold conditioned. But it's definitely an American ale. Yeah. So if you're judging it solely on a style of is this going to be the best Kolsch you ever it, had? Yeah. No. The balance on this one is really heavy to the hops, right? Because yeah. the Kolsch's are very light and delicate on the malt side, the front end there. And this one just bowls through with hop flavor and bitterness. And like I said, high alpha. It's it's not – this is not your cascady um, – Grapefruity, tangerine, sort of beery. Just add another mm-hmm. Y at the end beery. there. So, what do you think overall? We've been saying this and that about it. I like it, but the bitterness builds sip after sip. And it yeah. really clobbers your tongue. Like right now, my tongue feels like it weighs five pounds because of all the bitterness hanging out on it. I, you know, they, they call it a golden session ale. At four or five, and with this much bitterness, I would not say it's a session ale. I mean, it, it, it's hovering around that range, right? In so terms it won't get you wasted, level. but you're going to get palate fatigue from this yeah, one. Yeah, so I, I would go for it in that sense. But it's an interesting one to try. Uh, definitely, if you're a hophead, you're you're probably going to enjoy the the hoppiness aspect of it, the bitterness aspect of it. It's pretty bitter for what you know. Definitely very bitter for what I expected. So okay. take that as you will. Probably won't be my favorite of the night. Just my guess. Okay, so the next one we're doing is also from Philadelphia Brewing Company. We've got several beers for them tonight. Rowhouse Red, Philadelphia Style Ale. Is this is a uh, or their attempt to make? I don't know whether it's going to be successful or not, or as successful as the other one we've tried. This is a beer to Mars. This is a uh, Ruby Farmhouse, essentially. Uh, the last one you may remember us having uh, was the one from Jolly Pumpkin, which was also. Oak age for twenty seven months, so and sour. Happened. I'm not sure beer to Mars equals sour all the time, but we'll see here. Uh, a Flanders Red is sort of a it's a farmhouse. It's a Flanders farmhouse. Right. So well, Flanders Reds equal sour. I'm not sure that beer to Mars equals sour. So don't get your hopes up too much if that's what you were thinking. <laughs> There's a bit of a cherry there. Do you smell that? Uh, yeah. The first thing I got off the aroma was yes, this is a Belgian. Yes, this smells kind of like a Saison. And uh, I really didn't get anything beyond that in my very first sniff on this one. The color is sort of... 
Ooh, now yeah, I'm getting cherries, chocolate, a um, little bit of nutmeg, maybe. Would you call that watered down cola? In terms of the color there, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like it's it's a brownish color. It's it's tea. It's about tea color. Tea, darker, a dark iced tea, but not su- not super dark. Sassafras. Well, there's a rye in here. Rye. Okay. I think that's what you're tasting. Well, I th- yeah, I was tasting something more sweet like sassafras root. And then I was going to pick out some kind of uh, spice, but no, I think rye was where I was trying to pick, get to. Uh, and a strong amount of it, too. I mean, it really comes mm-hmm. through. Oh, yeah. This is not, like Jeff said, it's not sour. There's a tinge of... of uh, twang to it, you know, twinge that little sourness to it, but it's not a particularly sour Some beer. farmhouse funk. Yeah. But it's not horse blanket or anything acidic or anything like that. Actually, really, really quite compelling a beer. I was going to... The rye, in, in some ways, makes it really interesting, especially up front, and then it kind of lays in your tongue a bit. So it gets a little bit less... Fun mm-hmm. as it lays and lingers. Now, the rye, we always talk about rye, or not always, but when we do talk about rye, I don't think I've ever done a really good job in describing what that tastes like in beer. To me, this is coming across as it's a bit um, gelatinous, like, like an oatmeal, like a plain oatmeal, but then spiced with something aromatic, like a black pepper, something in. You know, like those two. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Uh, maybe like a, maybe like a white pepper, actually. How would you describe what the, how the rye is coming across? Well, when I think rye, um, I tend to think, of course, of rye bread, and mm-hmm. you equate that with caraway seeds, right? But it, this isn't caraway seeds. But it isn't caraway. Yeah. Uh, but there, there's a certain. The reason why caraway seeds are used in rye is because they kind of turn up the flavor mm-hmm. on rye because okay. they're they're somewhat similar in flavor. There's more of a of do you get that a, gelatinous oatmeal type feel flavor in there? No? Not really. I'm not really sure where you're coming from with the oatmeal. Although not so much the slick flavor that oatmeal stout has or anything. Right. But more so, if you eat a bowl of plain Quaker oats, you get this mouthfeel and flavor, and that flavor that's in the oats, I'm tasting in here. It's more of a it's a it's a type of grain that has a bit of an extra oomph at the end, mm-hmm. as opposed to some of the more malted the malted grains. You know, the ones that we're more familiar with, or at least the ones that are more familiar with in terms of use in beer, which are uh, you know barley, corn, rice, tend to go sweeter. This rye tends to kind of go in a different direction, more bitter, a little with, bitter, chalky, a little yeah. bit chalky. And then that mixed with the, the the Belgian-y yeast they're using in here with the spiciness that gives. It's just that, that chalky bitterness from the rye and the spiciness. It just really mixes well. It's it's a compelling beer. It's a compelling beer. I don't know whether it's – you know the, the, when I first sip it, I think, wow, this is fantastic. And as it sits on my tongue, I think I want to have a cheese plate with this because I need to wipe mm-hmm. some of this off. So there there's a little bit of that going on. So I wouldn't say it's it, – you know, it's not – as Stop far jumping as rye at me, beers like, go, I think this is very rye forward. I mean, I can taste the rye 
more clearly in this beer than I think in any other rye beer that I've had. Yeah, this is very. This is, and they don't they don't mention on there that it's a rye beer. They mm-hmm. mention on the website rye is one of the faults that use. But I mean, it's not on the side here. It's not. Well, it's probably the same thing as here from our city neighborhoods. We offer mm-hmm. this beer yep. in Mars, blah blah blah. Um, so they mentioned they use toasted malt and rye, but it's not anywhere on the label. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like there there's a couple rye beers out there that are specifically showing that they're right. rye. This is this is a, a through and through a rye beer. Yeah, it, I mean the rye it, the, the, the rye like, flavor is very prominent. Yeah, absolutely, it's like you know when I first getting into beer, right? I'm like, well, hops are in beer, but I'm not sure I know what hops taste like. And I found this beer called Hop Devil. And I'm like, well, if I can't tell what the hops are from drinking a beer named Hop Devil, I'll never know. Right. And, of course, you know, when I drank that Hop Devil, I was like, oh, that's the hops. And this is the same kind of beer for rye, right? I mean, I've had enough rye beers that I've kind of figured it out. But this one is the only beer I've had that says, oh, that's the rye. <laughs> So, Rowhouse Red slash Rye Devil, or whatever you want to call it. There you go. Saved a little bit of him. We can have him later. Got so many beers, we're not even drinking a whole six ounces each. Interesting take on... on, Interesting from comparing that beer to Mars to the beer to Mars we had from Jolly Pumpkin that was soured in 8-ish, 27 months. So, next we're going to... Actually, we're going to do another... Philadelphia Brewing Company beer before we get on to a different company. And this is the... Are you sure this is sponsored by Philadelphia Brewing Company? <laughs> well, we have uh, two more Philadelphia Brewing Companies. We got two River Horse. We got uh, an Iron Hill that I cannot wait to try. All right. But um, this is Walt Witt. Unfiltered... Let me guess. It's an unfiltered Belgian style. Witt beer. Yes. Or if you're listening to episode two... Vitbeer. Oops. <laughs> Named after Walt Whitman. You gave it a little rinse? Yeah, I gave it a little rinse. Okay. So, the classic age-old question of Whitbeer, with yeast or without? Right. There's nothing on here that says whether you do or not. So, I will save a little bit in the bottom well, of the Well, you know what? Well, the, the American poet Walt Whitman once portrayed the sunset over Philadelphia as a broad tumble of clouds with much golden haze and profusion of beaming shaft and dazzle. To me, that says mid-hef. That says mid-hef. Let's try it without the yeast. Okay. We'll give it a quick swirly swirl and see how it goes. Swirly swirl. I've been listening to too much Wine Library TV. <laughs> swirly swirl. I wonder where all these Y words that were put there in there. No, the... Um, Wine Library TV is a video podcast um, with Gary Vaynerchuk, and he brings the thunder to wine tasting. Instead of, instead of you know, we need nicknames like that. Gary Vaynerchuk's his real name, but no, but I mean he brings the thunder uh, brings to the wine thunder. tasting. Yeah. What, what do we have? I don't know. We're a bunch of schmoes. Yeah, but um, we bring the schmo. Instead of you know, exploring the bouquet, he gives his wine a sniffy sniff. So I guess I stole that with the swirly swirl, so I apologize. Maybe we could, like, say, you know, I'm the real arrogant bastard. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely, you know, smells of uh, lemon, the citrusy mm-hmm. notes. Yeah, um, lots of lemon in the aroma. That's the majority of it. Probably some wheat in there, but lemon is very heavy on the aroma. Highly, highly carbonated. Lemony. It needs something. Try it with the... Yeah. 
It's just zing and lemon is all we're tasting right yeah. now. So now we're giving it a swirly swirl. And now it's cloudy cloud. <laughs> and now this this looks more like the cloudiness that Walt Whitman described and therefore which I imagine they expected the beer. Now it's a little more peppery in the aroma. Getting some more phenols out of it now that the yeast is deep inside my beer. Not quite what you expect from a Hefeweizen, where it's really clovey and peppery, but there's a little more pepper in this wit right. beer. Wit beers are spice. That's yeah. the difference. Is they actually include other spices in them. Yep, they typically use coriander and orange peel. And the color is this nice sort of palish yellow, weedy type. Oh, it's, it's much improved. Uh, the yeast gives it more body. Mm. It's more creamy. And the, the carbonation isn't as zingy. And I didn't do any swirl, swirling to you know work it out yet. Oh, that's much better with the yeast. It is. It is. It really is. This is a definitely a Vitef. Uh, 5% alcohol by volume. So again, these are all skirting that line. How, what do you call sessions? Is it four? Is it five? It's like anything under 5.2 is some people's definition. For me personally, it's below four. I think I sort of agree with you. I think that four is like a real, like 4.2 is kind of as high as you can go. When you say 5.2, you're talking about, yeah, that's fine when your average craft beer that you normally drink, seven. Right. Right? But for me, a session beer is below four. And for me, it takes real artistry to make a good tasting beer that's sub four. Oh, I totally agree with you, and I think that, that you could really when you when you find them when you find those beers, you can tell that there is a lot of effort put put into those beers to make them not just low alcohol beers, but also excellent beers in their own. You know, I think that's going to be my new my new mission in home brewing is I'm going to brew a bunch of three to four percent beers and try to jam as much flavor in there as I can. And then I'm probably going to reuse the yeast and do something a little bit stronger just to be more economical. But. And, and remember, it's not just flavor. It, it's texture. Mm-hmm. It's mouthfeel. It's yep. getting every all those constituents right so that it feels exactly like a beer should feel like. And it gives you everything, all the refreshing qualities, mm-hmm. all of the mouth qualities, all of the taste qualities that you want in an excellent beer, while at the same time not getting you totally blitzed by drinking one or two. Absolutely. So back to this beer, the Walt Witt from Philadelphia Brewing Company. Yeah, I really do enjoy this. We talked about adding the yeast, gave it a lot more smoother texture, more creamy. It didn't really add any pepperiness or phenols to the flavor that I'm really picking. Maybe just a touch, but it's not like you're drinking like a Hefeweizen now. And um, the coriander in this one... It's not very strong, right? No, no. There's a bit of pepperiness, like you like said. I'm not even sure if they've added coriander. I can't tell from the taste. I'm just assuming they did because of the style. The style calls for it, so they may have done it just mm-hmm. cursory. But you can just you know put a little pinch into an entire yeah. batch and say, "Hey, we put some coriander in here." Um, it's very subdued if it's there because, like you said, I don't taste it. I do taste pepperiness. I do taste um, lemony, citrus, stuff, some sort of. Peel of some sort was added, absolutely. Well, one wit beer deserves another, right? So this I is, guess. This is River Horse Brewing Company, Brewer's Reserve, Double White. River Horse is in New Jersey, in Lambertville, New Jersey. It's part of their Brewer's Reserve line. 
And it says on the back, let's face it, brewers get bored of making the same beers every day. That's why we introduced our limited edition beers. What's in this bottle is a unique brew conceived by our crack team of alchemist brewers and produced with painstaking care for the craft beer drinker in you. So, mid-hef? Uh, we can do the same thing here, right? We'll, yeah, we'll okay. taste it without, and we'll throw in the yeast and taste it with. So this one, without the yeast, has a whole more bunch of stuff going on in there. <laughs> Including a little bit of sewer drain. Yes. It's quite sulfury. That's I mean, there's other flavors. Sure, there's the lemon. There's but but that sulfur, the, su- the sulfury sewer drain flavor, just it's kind of wrecking the rest of the aroma right now. No, it's not sewer drain in the sense that you go near it and you're like, oh my god, I gotta back off. There's there's enough of it that it's there's, there's enough other flavors around it, other aromas around it that it's not like terrible and it's not tearing you away. But you can definitely smell that there's something. Funkified about this a little bit, funkified, a little bit, a little bit on the interesting scale, shall we say? All right. So, color-wise, straw yellow, generally what you'd expect out of a weed beer. Clear because this is right now mid half, and no, wheat beers don't have as much wheat as like hefeweizens, right? Wheat beers. Are cloudy not only because of the yeast, but because of the proteins in the wheat are make you know more look for more opacity. Um, so I wouldn't say it's clear. It, saying a, a wheat beer is clear because it doesn't have the yeast. It's clear enough. It's, enough. it's not. Oh, right. It's not crystal clear. It's not transparent like Bud Light. You know. Right. It's sure. Sure. Has a bit of a hot flavor from the alcohol. Yeah. Hot Kinda. meaning that it's a it's a higher. More fusel alcohols, where they're more like um, nail polish remover, rubbing alcohol than you know, what. You can really taste the alcohol, alcohol part of the alcohol. Yeah. You can re- you can taste that point where it's evaporating off your tongue and the rest and of your mouth. And there's a there's a really sweet candy like flavor at the beginning too. It's almost like there's, uh, there's an orange candy, and you know, yeah. kind of like those orange like Slices. sugar slice candies that you get it for ninety nine okay. cents at a gas station, right? The same sort of flavor is coming through. Maybe a little bit more stronger. Imagine if that was like a blood orange flavor. I used those orange slices as a beer descriptor uh, just last week talking with someone. <laughs> and I didn't, say gar- I didn't say gas station. I said movie theater. Do they sell them at movie theaters? I don't know. I, I, I know they sell them at Oh, you know what? Station. No, we buy them at Farmore. Uh, you know, general, it's like a general store pharmacy place and sneak them into the movie theater. That's why I said that. <laughs> okay. So we buy them for 99 cents at Farmore. So here, let me give you some yeasties. So uh, of course, still, it got cloudier. It got really cloudy. This is like uh, this is like beer that has been sitting in your off crafty radio studios for about two weeks, and you've got <laughs> I mean, it is it's real cloudy. It is close to opaque. I mean, there's it, it, enough color coming through that it, that it's um, and there's still some. It's translucent chunks of yeast around the bottom of the bottle. There's it's translucent. Of- Light is coming through it, but. You can't see anything out it's of the other side. No, there's a lot of yeast in the bottom of that bottle. And we've got a, pretty much all of it in our glasses right now. It lowered the fusel alcohol level a little mm-hmm. bit. It added a bit to the sewer drain. It did, yeah. Had a lot of beers to drink. Let's not waste any sobriety on that one. That one was 7.0%. That was the River Horse Brewers Reserve, double white. Uh, if you're looking for a good double white, the Southampton is... 
superior to the beer that was in that bottle. I'm not saying the whole batch was off, but uh, that certainly was. That um, and Ed, I'm not a huge fan of Southampton either. I don't Tiny. think double whites in general appeal to me that much. Right. Time to get your hop on, man. Get your hop on. Well, what better time? Okay, we're back to Philadelphia Brewing Company. This is called New Bold India Pale Ale. Six and a half. New Bold. <laughs> the, the, very this, first, the very first sentence in their marketing is interesting. Hop shortage be damned. <laughs> nice. Uh, again, let's remind the listeners that this show and all the Philadelphia beers that we're drinking is brought to us by IamBeerWise.com. IamBeerWise.com. And uh, go there and check out what Brian has to say about the beer industry. So this is an IPA. This is they, they say it's aggressively hopped, which I imagine it will be. It's amber in color, kind of verging on caramel, light caramel color. It's got. It depends on on how you pour it, I suppose, because Jeff has about eight fingers worth of head, and I have about two. You have a like quarter inch. I well, have it was two when you originally right. poured it. I mean, I got an inch and a half still. Mine has the big uh, milk ice cream float type head, the rocky rocky head on it. Mine is more of a. Um, so on the aroma, I'm, I'm ashes clay. When, head. when you have the uh, big head, right, it really messes with the aroma. So tell us what you're smelling. Hops and the cinnamon. Hops and cinnamon. Yes. <laughs> I'm not getting too much. I mean, I'm getting some hops. I'm getting like a. Actually, you know what? It's, it, it smells a lot like Yard's Philly Pale Ale to me right now. Um, that. That apricot, that um, a little bit of caramel malt in there. I mean, if I was, it's hard to say because I'm not drinking this blind. I know right. it's from Philadelphia, but smelling this, I'm like, that smells a lot like Yard's Philly Pale Ale. You ever make a classic cinnamon toast? No. You take, you toast some toast, toast some. Well, you toast bread. That way, it turns into toast. Mm-hmm. Put some butter on it. Some nice granulated sugar and some cinnamon. That smell is coming out of here. Now that you say cinnamon, and I take a sip, there is some kind of spiciness there. It is not too... I I can't disagree that it's not reminiscent of cinnamon. And it's apricot isn't it? I mean, it is. (laughs) It's not... It's similar to Yard's Philly Pale Ale. Um, Philadelphia Brewing Company, is that... I should have done some damn research. So there was Yards Brewing Company in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Tom Kehoe was the president, and there was two other partners involved. Uh, Nancy, I forget Nancy's name, and I think Nancy's husband. And they split up, and Tom kept the name but had to get a new building, and Nancy and her husband kept the building and had to get a new name. Did they do Philly Brewing Company? When was it? Um... Sometime within the last, more than a year, less than two years, I think. Well, this is, let's see. Trying to find what the earliest date is for, like, news and stuff on here. There's a 2006 date. Um, I don't know. I can't tell you. They don't, they don't, they don't say, hey, we used to be yards. Okay. I, I doubt they would. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that's the case. I wish I would have thought of that 
as a possibility beforehand. And I'm sure Brian from I Am Beer Wise and Brian Colasar from uh, the Brew Lounge and all our you know Philly area beer bloggers are screaming at me right now for not knowing this piece of information. It says on, the, on their website, <clears throat> Like the history of brewing in Philadelphia, the name Philadelphia Brewing Company has gone through many revivals. The same can be said of our brewery building at the former Wise Broad and Hess Brewing Company complex in Kensington. I don't know where yards used to be, but that sounds like this might be Nancy's place. If so, it's curious how their new bold in Yards Philly Pale Ale are, are quite similar, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Well, they, I get, like I said, they added cinnamon. Oh. Oh. I, I think I saw something here that may give you a... Uh, the very top, what's that line? Oh, your favorite brewery has a new name. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Now the world makes more sense. All right. I think that 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 clears it up, doesn't it? Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. So I liked Yards Philly Pale Ale. I liked it a lot. I raved about it. So I like this beer. I like this beer, too. It did does it feel like they added cinnamon to it? I mean, they added maybe something to it. They used some kind of crazy hop, right? I mean, apricot and beer, you know, that was from uh, Zeus, I think they said, if I remember right. Tomahawk, or no, not Tomahawk. Zeus and Simcoe were what they used for both of those for Yards Philly Pale Ale. Okay, so I think we have to go on to, no, another hop beer. No, you want to do this one? Yes. All right, so the guy who's going to cut this short. We're gonna no, we can. Well, we can. If you want to, okay. If you want to do all of beer. them, all right. Just a quick taste on this one. I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to lose out on doing that beer. No, but, we're uh, definitely doing that beer. We might skip the uh, the Monk's Cafe since we've done it before, but we're not going to skip the next one. No way. We're in not going to skip the Monk's Cafe either. Okay. So, all right. F you on that. Okay. F me on that. But the next one is the River Horse. Oh, fucking Mario Kart you until the end of time if I have to. I'm not going to skip on the Monk's Cafe. <laughs> River Horse Brewing Company. Hop Hazard Dry Hopped Pale Ale. Very carbonated. Beware. And uh, work, you know, I buy the beer for our Friday happy hours. I picked up a case of um, Bar Harbor Real Ale from the... Um, is that Bar Harbor Brewing? Or is that something else? Some other name. I forget. But the bottles are all dusty. They've been hanging around the beer store for quite some time. Beer tastes fine, but it's crazy carbonated. Like, 80% of the beers, when you crack them open, foam shoots out the top and goes all over the place. So they're all bottle conditioned. <laughs> well, they're just, I don't know if they're bottle conditioned, but they're past their prime and they've oxidized and got, you know, crazy carbonation. And, uh,. It's funny. I warn people now, like, that beer's going to go crazy on you. And they're like, okay, ha, ha, And they pop it, and, it, and they start sucking on the, the teat of the bottle. And it still spills all over the table. It's funny. What's the name of this one again? Hop Hazard Dry Hop from River Horse. I was able to figure that one out, but they don't have that on, our, on the, their own. Uh, there it is. Like, you know what? They do this stupid thing where they the have H some in capital letters and some in non yeah, H, H and Hazard is lowercase. Someone is being cr clever with the keyboard. The only letter in hop hazard is the H in hazard. It's the only lowercase letter. I think it's the only lowercase letter on this bottle. Brewing the perfect <laughs> ale is truly a balancing act. Ooh, they, they're claiming this is perfect. Mm. 
hazardous work, you might say. With Hophazard, our challenge was to handcraft a malt base that you could counterbalance a combustible five hop blend and still leave your taste buds with enough room to enjoy the unique dry hopped finish. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic <laughs> beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects. Also available in one half and one six barrels. Ooh, that smells good. English style IPA pale ale, lots of malt, lots of crystal malt in there, maybe some Maris Otter malt. Very bready and caramelly. And the hops are sweet and juicy. Caramel like color again. Uh in that range, light caramel. Oh yeah, it's a it's an orangey beer. Oh, this is one I could just smell and smell and smell. This and smell. is definitely a... It smells almost like your your your, your barley cereal you know, <laughs> breakfast, your porridge, right? It's It's got one of those nice effervescent smells that you'd, you'd like to you know, hang up on your car. Instead of the pine tree stuff, you'd like to have your car smell like that. I mean, there are some hops in the aroma, but it's mostly that sweet, wonderful, clean, crisp mold smell you're getting. They say it's a combustible five-hop blend. Are they trying to imply that they they conflagrate it in some sense? I mean, of course it's combustible. I mean, you can put it on, you can light any hops on fire, whether they're oh. one hop or yeah. five. I'm just getting nitty-gritty on the details. Man candy. R- really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. East Coast man candy. When you're right, you're right. Sweet, you're right, you're right. malty, got the hops in there, juicy, juicy, juicy hops, sweet, malty caramel, and a little bit of toffee. Oh, yeah. Now, this, this is what IPAs are all about. To explain, Mad Candy, once again, although we've done plenty of explaining about it. And defending. And defending. <laughs> Mad Candy is not the most wonderful, best flavor you can get out of beer ever in the history of beer. When we're saying a beer has great Mad Candy flavor, it does not mean that this is the best beer ever. It does mean there's a specific flavor there that's a unique combination of a very sweet malt with un- just enough hop bitterness to balance it out and make it not into a, you know, a sugar cane. Mm-hmm. But it's really nice and sweet. Uh, it it Gives you a whole bunch of just really exciting and and very smile-inducing flavors for adults. Yes, yes, and man candy sounds better than adult candy, yeah. even if it sounds a bit sexual in nature. It's uh, it's not. And uh, you didn't even want to crack this beer. So take that, Weiss. <laughs> I, it's not that I didn't want to crack the beer. I just I was really excited about the next beer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, me too. <laughs> Can you blame me? No. This is the River Horse Hop Hazard Pale Ale. Great combination of uh, crystal caramel malts and uh, hops. You really can't tell what kind of hops. Probably your Seas, your Cascade, your Centennial. Combustible five hop blend is what oh, they say. So it's a big mix of all kinds of. I, I, I just don't understand. Like you know, and I said it. I said it before when you were jumping on a man can. You probably weren't even listening to a word I said. <laughs> so I'm going to say it for you again, and everybody else is going to have to hear it for a second time. Me being a smart ass again. But a combustible five hop blend? How many hop blends do you think are combustible? I bet all of them. With enough heat, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. They're organic, right? Right. The um 
Yeah, when you get into five hops, it's like, couldn't you do the same thing with four hops or three hops? You know, maybe not. I don't know, but it doesn't mean that more hops is necessarily better. It's more complex to yeah. formulate, right? I'm guessing pretty much everything in this room is combustible. So, yeah, it's nice. That's uh, really good, man. Candy. That was the River Horse Hop Hazard Dry Hopped Pale Ale. And now the beer that when I opened the box, <laughs> I, I I got a a, a little a little uh, a stiff in the shorts, and um, and Greg kind of did the same thing when I showed it to him. I wouldn't say I got stiff in the shorts. I wasn't pitching a tent over it, but I was. I like all the metaphors we're using in this episode. I was uh, excited. Okay. That, not that came off very easy. Okay, so this is a. Um, what size is this? I have wine bottles this size. It's like a. Oh, maybe half a liter? 13 fluid ounces. I expected the pop off, and that really just kind of came and up it, as if it's there a, was. It's a 13 fluid ounces green wine bottle. It has. We haven't even said what the beer is yet. This is great. It has, it's caged and corked. But the cork is like chopped off. The part that goes inside the neck of the bottle is only a quarter of an inch, right? So when I took the cage off, the cork just kind of came off of the cage. And when I, was, I saw this beforehand, how short the neck of the cork was, I'm like, is that going to seal the bottle well? So we'll have to see what kind of carbonation's in this thing. Yeah, I don't know. And we still haven't mentioned the beer. Oh, there's carbonation. There's carbonation, so it's sealed well. Oh, yeah. So this beer is Ring of Fire Porter from Iron Hill Brewing and Restaurant. It's a porter aged in, finished in Tabasco pepper mash oak barrel. This was brewed at the Wilmington, Delaware Iron Hill, apparently. Tabasco barrel porter. You can smell it from across the table. Now, Greg, you've mentioned before, you brought this to my attention, how well cayenne and chocolate go together. Mm -hmm. Well, you smell this beer, and it's it's two distinct flavors that are kind of, they're not mixed together. They're kind of just intertwining with each other, like kind of just flirting with each other. You have the cayenne from the Tabasco barrel, and you have this chocolatey smelling porter. Mm. And it, it plays rather well. I wonder how spicy this beer is. So I'm not getting... I don't see it on their website, so it's going to go with the information I can get from elsewhere. It's probably a one-off. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, to, I totally see where you're coming from. I mean, you get this kind of, I mean, well, Tabasco is the... Um, what's the pepper called? Cayenne. No, no it's not cayenne. No, it's not? It's, it, it's, it just made it maybe the Tabasco pepper. Um, it's the McKinley Company. McKinley is the owner... Are the owners of, of the island where they grow the Tabasco pepper, but it's a, it's a, a specific type. Okay. Excuse me, a specific type of pepper that they mix in with water and vinegar and whatever. So it's, it's their own variety. Okay. So it's got this, um, and some of the difference you may tell from Tabasco sauce versus regular chili sauce is there's a bit more vinegar in it. It's got mm-hmm. it's got a bit more. Of a smoky flavor to it as well. Yeah. Uh, than a regular cayenne pepper sauce. I mean, most cayennes, like Frank's probably isn't aged, aged in oak barrels, right? Probably, I mean, probably not. not. No, I imagine they 
kind of mass produce that yeah. sucker. So Tabasco is aged in oak barrels. Oak barrels are, are charred before they're used. I'm pre- pretty sure Tabasco uses the same kind of oak barrels that, you know, um, bourbon uses, mm-hmm. or at least similar. Yeah, so you definitely get more of a, a smokiness from from Tabasco than you do from other sauces. It's hotter than a Frank's. It's, it's, it's sometimes kind of surprising. You think, oh, just Tabasco, and you take it. It's a good kick there. But, you know, as, as opposed to something like a Frank or something like that, Tabasco adds sort of, even though it's hotter, it's also a little bit more of a subtle flavor. So mm-hmm. it, it, it instead of adding a very kind of strong, a strong, overt, vinegary slash pepper flavor kind of gives you a little bit of extra, you know, sort of a, a smaller bit of pepper to go coincide. Wow. So, <laughs> Wow. Capital W-O-W. Spelled backwards. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fries. French fries? Onion rings. Breaded mushrooms. How about some wings that aren't spicy, more like a barbecue wing? That would go too. Mm-hmm. Anything that could... But we haven't described what we're tasting right now. <laughs> so how does the Tabasco fit into this beer? It's there. I mean, it, it is there. It is um, present. It is on the outer edges of mm-hmm. all the taste. Because in the, fr- in the middle taste, you get... Somewhat of a chocolatey kind of muted porter. I, I would say it's not exactly your. It's, it's pretty chocolatey. There's a lot of chocolate on this mm-hmm. porter. Um, what kind of porter is that like? Maybe an Edmund Fitzgerald? I, I, no, it's not nearly that hoppy. Okay. Um, well, I was even, I was even hotter that 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 time. Um, it's, it's not nearly as hoppy as an Edmund Fitzgerald. It, it doesn't have nearly as much. Then other kind of raisiny stuff you expect from a porter. It's really kind of it, it's stouty flavored, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, much of of the porter flavor, that the porter distinctness that you <laughs> usually would receive is overpowered by the Tabasco in a good way, mm-hmm. in 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 a way that makes it you know just a fascinating and 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 every sip you take, the the peppers pile on more. Yeah, you get it. Actually, my tongue is not so much getting the peppers. It's the top of my mouth, the back of my throat is where the peppers are hitting. Yeah, and, and it's not, it's, it's not, I mean, if those of you, there are people there who are just, you know, afraid of anything hot and spicy. Okay, if you're afraid of anything hot and spicy, it's probably not the beer for you. But this is not an over, I'm, I've gone way, I used to be love spicy foods. I really dislike things that are super spicy now. Mm-hmm. This, to me, manages to get it right, really, because it gives you that spice, it's there. You can taste it. It's not overpowering. It's not making you reach for something else to drink. Wow. It's really well done. <laughs> yeah. When I saw... I mean, it's living up to our expectations, I think, right? I mean, taba- what what could a Tabasco Barrel beer taste like? It could be fantastic. This beer is, I think, fantastic. And And... Yeah, the, the, you can really moderate the burn that you get from this one, right? You can take a little bit bigger sip, you can take a little bit smaller sip. You can really control and fine tune the burn so you can keep it where you like it. I would say this beer ranks up there with, 
and not not in terms of of ranking of you know how it fits, but in terms of ranking of, of where how it classes Alaskan smoked porter in the sense. That oh yeah, I mean, I in, think in, the ingenuity, invent, inventiveness. The beer underneath it is not nearly as impressive as the combination of flavors that bring it all together. If it wasn't as chocolatey, though, I don't think it'd work as well. No, no, I agree with you. I mean, okay. I think that... But I think that without a Tabasco, mm-hmm. this wouldn't be nearly the beer that it is. Right. And I think the same thing can be said of Alaska Smoked Porter. Without that smoked part, mm-hmm. Alaska Smoked Porter wouldn't be nearly the it, beer It's that a it very is. apt comparison, right? Because... Alaskan smoked porter is is so interesting. Everybody should try it because of the alder wood, the salmon type flavor that it has. And everybody should try this beer or a Tabasco barrel aged beer because it's good. It's really good. And I think, but it's, it's minor burn. I mean, it's it's completely different from Crazy Ed's Cave Creek Chili beer. Right. Which is crap. Yeah. Even Rogue Chipotle is is very different from this. Mm-hmm. And I, but I think that. As opposed to some who might say, well, oh, then it's just a kind of a standard beer. It's not that great of a beer without the Tabasco in it. That's kind of the smart thing to do when you're trying to highlight a flavor yeah. like this. You you don't want to overpower that flavor, but you want to complement it in the right way. You complement it without a beer that's going to stick out on its own. You complement it with a beer right. that's going to give it enough background substance to let that flavor you want come through without overpowering the rest of I, I the beeriness. Of I it. don't disagree with what you're saying, uh, but I can't taste the underlying beer enough to know what it tastes like because the Tabasco is so permeating of the entire experience. I think I I feel like I can separate it a bit more. I mean, I can definitely taste the Tabasco. I mean, it's there, and there's no there's no chance you're going to miss it. This is a fantastic beer to go with food. I can't think... I'm trying to think of, of a food that w- this won't go with, and salad, <laughs> ice cream. You know, it, it, <laughs> there's not much chicken, fish, any kind of heavier fish, any red meat. I mean, it goes with lots of stuff. Anything that would Mexican, go- it would kill with this in a mole, spicy mole. Oof. Oh my god, that, uh, that's where you compliment like flavor. Yeah, right? you know, spicy mole in this. Holy crap! But I bet this would even go well with cheese. This would go well. With, this oh, would yeah. go great with cheese. This main, maybe not cheddar. Maybe something along. This would go great with brie. I bet. I was thinking a little bit harder. Um, like Col- well, Colby's kind of not really. Not one of the. I'm not a huge fan of cheddar. Really, I'm thinking more of. Um, oh, I don't know what the a Swiss called. like a Gruyere. This like, would go a great Swiss, with a Gruyere. A Gruyere um, no, I, don't, I don't want to say Monterey Jack or something like that. It's a little too run-of-the-mill. But something that's along that kind of texture, right? A white cheese that has that kind of firmness to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how well it would work with, with brie. But, you know, you show me a brie with cayenne type thing, I'm sure it could work because of all the fat in there. Um, you know, I said it up front, and I'm not going to regret it. I, you know, I said W-O-W. It's a wow beer. It's one of the criteria yeah. wow beers for me. It's on my it's, wow beer list. Yeah. this is It is, uh, for me, it's top five of the year. Maybe even higher. It's already September, so, I mean, the year's coming to a close. Yeah. I'm thinking it's top five to top three, somewhere in there. Top five to top three? It might be three, four, or five of the year. But not one or two? Those are already I don't think that, no, it's not one or two. I mean, we got Beer to Mars from Jolly Pumpkin. We got Chocolat from Southern Tier. It's not better than you those. You got the, uh, the Raspberry Eisenbach from. Yeah, it's. Well, I might place this in front of the Raspberry Eisenbach. 
but uh, I can't place it ahead of the other two. So it, it's three, four, or five. Wow, that's saying something. It's good beer. We should mention our sponsor. Yes, we should. Uh, Brian from IamBeerWise.com. He uh, wanted to sponsor a show of Craft Beer Radio. What he meant by that is, hey, I'm just going to be like a normal Joe that sends you the beer. If you could mention my website a few times. Hey, no problem with that. So Brian, we got you covered, Brian. Thanks very much. And uh, sent him a while ago. I don't think any of the beers have suffered except for the one, right? The... Um, which was the sewer drain? The double whip beer. The double, double whip beer, yeah. From, uh, uh, was that Horse? Yeah. The rest of the beers have been pretty good. Thanks, Brian. Now, you know, now I'm wondering whether to have the Monk's Cafe because this is a weird flavor to have on my mouth. Right. <laughs> to go into a Monk's Cafe. But what? I'm going to not have a Monk's Cafe when it's out on the table? You're right. When you're right, you're right, man. <laughs> we can pause for like five minutes and wait for our palate to clear. Let me just drink a little bit of water. Mm. A little bit of that rye beer. Bring that back. We'll use that as kind of a, a palate cleanser. Okay. Wow, that Ring of Fire Porter. <laughs> Fame freaking-tastic. And if it wasn't the main show, if it was a post-show, I wouldn't have said freaking. Hmm. You have some fine print here? Brewed naturally with the finest malts, malted barley, hops, yeast, and our house porter aged in finished Tabasco pepper mash oak barrel, imparting a hot pepper character which marries the roasty and subtle chocolate notes of the porter. A 1057 OG, oh, 23 degrees Lovabond, 37 IBUs, 5.4% alcohol by volume. So since my sister knows Marsh, let me see if I can get you a Tabasco... Barrel? Barrel. It's 55 gallons, though. <laughs> That's a lot of beer to make, man. No, it's, is it 55 gallons? It's, it's a big barrel. It's at least 32 gallons. If, it, if, it's a, if it's a brewer's barrel, it's 32 gallons. Maybe I can get you, like, like what they did with, uh, with, with Anheuser Bush did that with the vanilla uh, oak. What was oh, it? the staves. Yeah, they, they used pieces of the barrel. They threw that in there. Can you get me uh, chips from a Tabasco barrel? Or if you could just. If you can get them to ship me a barrel for free, which probably costs a shitload of money, I'll break it apart and make chips. And uh, I don't know if I can do that. I just know that Marsh was a good friend of Joanna's in college ten years ago. So, well, you know, <laughs> maybe we'll not uh, even ten. I mean, we could fifteen years. We ago. could, um, you know, work with the uh, you know some of the beer podcasts that are in that area. Where's the Where's the Pasquale? McKinley is on Florida. Did the whole. Florida? I believe so. I thought they were farther up. I thought they were more like bourbon area. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Man, Tabasco. This is an island. They have an island. Hmm. Didn't know that. I thought they were um I thought they were in uh never mind. I thought they were in Tennessee somewhere. The place where they have all the barrels and the aging house and the, all that crap. That's Spicy? I mean, not burning, but it, it, there's a spice. On yeah, my the, the, there, there's a there's a lingering spice that is enjoyable, mm-hmm. enjoyable lingering spice. Not something you can say about a lot of things, because most spices get annoying after a while. This is just, and it's not just on your tongue. I mean, it's it's around your entire mouth and back of my throat, but it's it's just there and it's happy and it's hanging out and it's being like, yeah. I'm capsaicin, so what? Yeah, th- this beer is exactly what I hoped it would be. 
It's perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't imagine being any better for for a Tabasco barrel porter. It's fantastic. I love it. So what we're doing now is we're pouring a little bit. Oh, you didn't get any? I thought you had some more. <laughs> Sorry. Of the uh, the the red the. Uh, the bearded martyrs that we had earlier, just to kind of cleanse our palate a little bit. For we're going to be tasting the uh, Flemish sour ale, the Monk's Cafe Flemish sour. So, tastes a lot hoppier. This uh, Row House Red now, <laughs> doesn't it? In a way, I mean, yeah, hops were definitely, you know, not a star of the Ring of Fire, and I think that. Uh, any sort of hop-esque flavor because, you know, most of you are getting, like I said, the chocolate and the spice. So any of those hoppy-esque flavors are now really going to be highlighted because of that. That's why I wanted to have a sort of palate cleanser in between. So the Monk's Cafe Flemish Sour Ale, I believe, is brewed by Brewery Van Steenberg. Yep, Brewery Van Steenberg. They brew a bunch of beers. They brew a beer for the Sharp Edge Creek House here in Pittsburgh. They brew a beer for Fatheads. They brew this Monk's Cafe beer. They're like a bunch big contract brewer in Belgium that'll brew whatever you want. They'll brew a beer for you if you have enough <laughs> you money. <know> cash. <laughs> craft beer radio. If we had a craft beer radio beer, what would it be? I would say this beer, except it's already been done. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it would have to be something sour, right? Actually, it probably should be a session beer. Can you make a sour session beer? I don't know. Yeah, you can, you can make lots of things sour, unintentionally. <laughs> just going to stick a little bit of yogurt in my beer and see what happens. There you go. So, that smells different than I remember. Uh, it's there's a bit of yogurt in there or something. It, it, it's classified here on Beer Advocate as a, a an outbrun, okay. uh, a Flanders it's, a Flanders mm-hmm. um, so reddish outbrun style, and you know it is kind of towards, towards the reddish scale in in, in, in brown. Um, yeah, there is sort of a. So the yogurt or white chocolate, and it's kind of like uh-huh. <laughs> it, 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 it's hitting that line between, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm actually smelling like uh, with cherries. There's a bit of like I'm thinking yogurt and like curry powder, like India. Smell it again and like think yogurt and see if you're smelling like curry well, powder. I made night. myself an Indian sort of dish last night. I had chickpeas mm-hmm. and I took all these frozen vegetables. I had a whole bunch of curry powder and added some Greek yogurt Doesn't to it. Smell at like the end. The curry powder too. Smell yeah. that too. No. Doesn't smell at all like it. Actually, it smells completely different. So, so to me, now I'm smelling more cherries. To me, I'm not getting that same flavor yet. So maybe it was a little, maybe it needed to get a little bit of air mm-hmm. to push some of that yogurty funk that come <laughs> that, that you know that, that definitely comes right uh, from this sort of lactic stuff. Because there is besides just cheese, there's also there's also bacteria in here, right? Um, Flanders red. 
I think it's mostly Britannomyces. Well, no, there's. I guess there's. It's pretty acidic, so there should be some lactobacillus in there. You're right. Well, there's bacteria everywhere. I mean, but I mean the acid. You know how acidic. We're more it than is? you and I are more than fifty percent, fifty percent bacteria. So there's bacteria everywhere. So. No, I'm just saying, the the acidic in here should be from lactobacillus mm. instead of Britannomyces, really. So. <laughs> Ooh, pucker! My salivary <laughs> glands are just. Gushing right now. Mm-hmm. It's a Sour Patch Kid that's cherry flavored. I mean, the bit of yogurt at the end. Mm-hmm. So it's not not the perfect sour. It's not the beer de Mars. Oh yeah, jelly pumpkin. This, you know, there's, there's this weird undertone. Is it yogurt? It, it's reminding me of... What's that undertone? It's, um... To me, it's yogurt. I don't know if it's anything else to you, but... Maybe. I'm, I'm thinking broccoli for some reason. I'm not sure how right that is. I'm thinking, like, watery broccoli. Broccoli water. But this is this is a small little thing in the you know the end of the taste. Right. The rest of it is oh yeah, cherries and tart and yum. At the end, I would say it's just a little, there's a bit of a plain yogurt kind of. Okay. No broccoli that taste. No, but, no, yeah, but no, there's definitely a yogurty taste. There's no broccoli at all. To to me, broccoli is very far from the equation here. Any sort of cabbage derivative is any as far from the equation here. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, this is, uh, this is more yogurty to me. And hey, when you think about it, what are the three products that we use? Well, three food things that we use active living things for, mm-hmm. right? And we have, Beer. Beer and, well, any alcoholic beverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, honey, which is bee vomit, and... It's not technically vomit. They have a separate stomach for the honey. Okay, well, it's... They can retract and, and expel, but it's not it's not gastric juices or anything like that. It's bee... Product. Bee bukake. And... <laughs> 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 this isn't the post show, Greg. Now people are going to be wikiing Bukake. <laughs> if, if somebody wikis Bukake, then I am more than happy to be the person who. I'll, I'll tell a story about that on the post show. About something else that happened. <laughs> do you have to? Yes. It has nothing to do with Bukake, but it has to do with me making somebody wiki something. And. Uh, <laughs> And the other one, the, the the last one I can think of is yogurt. You know, yogurt uses live bacteria. Um, and bread. But when you eat bread, that's all dead. Yes, but but like sourdough puts character into the bread. They put chemicals into the bread, right? And then they bake and they die. This beer, you have I guess honey is technically dead too. I mean, maybe not dead, but. It's it's the character they add to the beer when they were actively doing stuff. Right. So this and sourdough bread, I think, are very similar. Right. In terms of things you're going to get live, like creatures that you're going to eat, yogurt. Like, yogurt is almost always live. Well, it's everything, you, anything you ferment, right? Right. And, and bread and beer and yogurt all have a fermentative state to it. So. 
the sugar ferment? I'm just kind of, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you make yogurt. Yogurt's not fermented because yeah. fermented is, well, is quality. similar to cheese, right? I mean, y- yogurt, the bacteria does all the work for it. It's very similar to cheese, though. Curds, it, yeah. Cheese is another product there. You can right? make yogurt yourself. It's easy, actually. Okay. From what I've read. You, got, you get whole milk. You pour it into a bucket. You get a little bit of a regular, like a plain yogurt thing to have some of the bacteria to start with. You pour that re- in there. You don't need renin or anything like that? Renin's just for cheese? No. Okay. You, you, you put a little bit of that old yogurt in there. You put like a heating pad around it so it keeps it at a constant temperature. You put it into a small place. And you get some smelly, smelly yogurt. And you get yogurt. So back to the Monk's Cafe, man. Woohoo! Good stuff. Contract brew, but this is good. As, you know, comparing it to some of the biggies like Rodenbach Grand Cru or uh, La Folie. Um, it compares very well. Not as tart as La Folie. La Folie really digs into your cheeks and makes them bleed a little bit. Uh, it's probably as tart, maybe a little more tart than Rodenbach. Mm-hmm. Neither of them have the yogurt thing at the end. Yeah. Uh, Rodenbach can get... Well, I'm a big fan of La Folie. I think La Folie is really high up there on my list of mm-hmm. sour beers. Uh, Rodenbach can at times seem a little muted. I've never had a Grunemach that tastes it off. I mean, they've always been pretty solid for me. Well, so we all, we, we all mm-hmm. have different tongues. Sure, though. absolutely. Okay, so uh, we had a lot of beers tonight. Rank, rank, rank. Let's go ahead and rank. Okay, that's number one. <laughs> um, we'll put the top end up here first, right? Wow. Yeah, so we got... Seven beers here in the rank. It'd be eight, wouldn't it? Oh, yes, eight. So you... And you were yelling at me for putting a you in horse. <laughs> you can't even count to eight. So Jeff is now organizing his beers. There's so many, I just have to lay them out, right? Hmm. This is hard. This is the hardest comparison for me right there. Figure out which one I want to put above the other. Okay. So from the, the from the tail end from the southbound end of northbound donkey, we're going to uh, start with uh, the River House River Horse Brewers Reserve, because it was off. Yes. Last base. Sorry guys. Uh, the Walt Whitman uh, from Philadelphia Brewing Company, the Whit Beer. Uh, we had so many very good beers today, and that just I'm gonna have to throw that down to the end of the stack. Next will be the Kenzinger uh, Kolsch American style Kolsch Hop Bomb. Again, from this point on, we're not talking about bad beers. We're just talking about varying degrees of good, and it was good, but not as good as the rest. Right. Now the next one is my hardest pick of the night. And it's in the middle of the pack, which is kind of strange. I don't know which one I like better. It's either the Row House Red from Philadelphia, the Beer de Mars, the one with the rye, or it's the New Bold India Pale Ale, which was the Yards Philly Pale Ale clone type beer. Right. I like them both a lot. I think I'm gonna have to put the rye in front because it's more of the uniqueness. It's if I want if a listener had neither. And they can only drink one of those beers. I would say try the rye beer, the 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 uh, 
Row House Red because same company, so it shouldn't be that hard. And we talked about how you know Hop Devil told me what hops tasted like. Row House Red will t- tell you what rye tastes like. Uh, River Horse Hop Hazard Dry Hop IPA, or I'm sorry, just Dry Hop Pale Ale because it's man candy. Isn't that funny that they had the last beer and they have the third beer on the list too? Yep. Then I'm gonna do the the Monk's Cafe. Flanders Red, and how can I not put Tabasco Barrel Beer number one from Iron Hill Brewery? I mean, W O W spelled forwards or backwards, it is top five beer of the year for me. Okay, I have to do a little bit more of rearranging here to get this quite right for me. Uh, so we'll do that. Well. Kind of did that. Looks like Reeves playing a shell game. I think he liked the two bottles back where they originated from. I'm not sure. Nope, we're just going round them wrong. Alright. Okay. Alright. So, I usually go front to back, but I'll go back to the front. Just because uh, Jeff likes it that way. Uh, Builds more suspense. Suspense, man. <laughs> see? Uh. And last one, double white. It's sewer drain. I mean, there was something off of the bottle. If if not the beer itself, probably the bottle. Mm-hmm. Judging by the other one, which we had from River Horse, which was great. So, you know, I wouldn't stay away from it. But I'm not a double wit fan anyway. Even so, being a double wit fan, it that bottle was it was so off. It was hard to tell what the beer could have been. So. It's almost a, a D and Q, right? We we can't really evaluate it. I just for think the listener. I just think double wits. You know, wits have so much flavor and there's so much to them that you double it and you're just kind of going overboard. No matter what you do, no matter who you are and what you do. You know, when when you told me you were so excited about Southampton because you were like coriander bomb, and I tasted it and I was like, yeah, coriander bomb. I don't want a friggin' coriander bomb, right? Uh, as it turned out, <laughs> so no, no. As I, I understand your point of view, hundred percent. It's um, not for everybody, but I can appreciate a good double white, like Southampton. Like you said, it's been the best one I've had so far. So uh, next, I'm gonna go with the uh, Kensinger. Is it a Coles? No, uh, it's a decent beer. I think it's. It, I don't think it's lagered. I think that that. You know, yeah, them so. them okay. thinking it's Kolsch is, is wrong. I think it's just a a plain old kind of hoppy ale. Okay. And I say plain old is like, you know, that's kind of what it is. It's it's just sort of a, you know, hoppy ale. And it's, it had a different character to it, though. I do think it was more Kolsch-like with an American kick to it because it didn't taste like a, a golden ale or something. It, it, it was different. It had something different going on in it. No, maybe I'm wrong. It'll be up to them. Certainly. To tell us. Certainly. Okay, so uh, then I'll go with the new bold, the uh, Yards Philly remix, as it is. The little, add a little bit of cinnamon to Yards. And right. There you have your new bold. Hey, it worked. It was good. I think that these other beers just were better. Right. Uh, it, so all the three Philadelphias in a row, because the next one, excuse me, all the four Philadelphias, right? Mm-hmm. Or in a row, because the next one is the uh, the Roadhouse Red, the the Rye Beauty Mars. 
really like the rye flavor on that, although at some points it kind of got like a little bit over on the rye. So if it was just a slight bit muted and it had, it had more of a cohesive flavor throughout, it would have been higher up on my list. But it's still a good a good beer, a really interesting take on on the style of which I've had two examples of. So, I you know, I like it. I, I did like it a lot. So next, Walt Wit. I just really enjoy a good wit beer. I really have always enjoyed a good wit beer. Wheats in general, I really get a kick out of. And that was just really well done wit beer. Had a lot of flavors. Mitt Hef. Remember that. Mitt Hef. Uh, my next beer, uh, Mr. Man Candy, the River Horse Hop Hazard. Um, don't don't miss the hazard lights on this. I can't think of a good <laughs> lowercase h on hazard. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lowercase h on hazard, so it's a watch out for that. And the z is bolded, is it? As you can tell. Oh, it is on the so, back on, on the back label. It's not too much. Well, I guess it is slightly bolder than the rest. So that's how you know it, it, it's the one with the crazy punctuation. So you know what. F you refer horse for doing this crazy punctuation. I don't get it. I don't think it's interesting. But your beer is great. Uh, Mugs Cafe, Flemish Sour Ale. Many shows, it would take the cake, right? Many shows, it would take the cake. It's a great beer. It's just, it's got this weird yogurt thing that I haven't really tasted before. But still, sour ale, it's got some cherry. Come on. I mean, it's like... It's like throwing us a grapefruit, and we're you know we're trying to hit a home run. I mean, come on, you're not going to lose with Monk's Cafe, unless you're up against Ring of Fire Porter, our number one beer of the night together. Yeah, oh man, that was just great. That is just like Jeff said. Jeff put it exactly like you know, just, just he put it very succinctly. It's exactly like what our best hopes of the beer were. Yeah, it, I couldn't imagine better, and. Uh... It lived up to every expectation. Yeah, it really did. And don't be worried about that cap that you know, because it looks like it's it's badly capped, but it worked somehow. It worked. Maybe it needs to breathe a little bit. Who knows? <laughs> it's his own beast. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the extra long episode of One Twenty Two. Thank you to. Thank you to. Uh, Oh, thank you to Brian from IamBeerWise.com for these fantastic beers. Uh, tune in next week. Uh, we didn't talk about the CBR DVD. Uh, it started having it out last week. I'm still finalizing the image. It'll be out very shortly. So if you want to uh, help us out, donate 25 bucks, Get a commemorative DVD with a special audio and video show. Go to our website. There's a PayPal link to get the DVD. And... They will be in the mail very, very soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. See you next time. Craft Beer Radio. And I am BeerWise.com. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com. And feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information.